Today is Easter, and we're going to continue where we've been for the last few weeks, and that's around dangerous prayers, things that Jesus says that are difficult for us to live out. They're dangerous for us, and when we, as we get to this one today, uh, I don't want us to just dive into it. We're going to look at kind of the reason of why we're here today, the implications of that, and then because of those things, how now do we live? So what does our life look like now because of Easter? And Easter is a huge event for us as Christians, the, the basis of of our faith is in belief. The basis of who we are about what Jesus has done is belief. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the message of Christianity, that God saves sinners. But Easter goes a step beyond that. Belief is the basis. Belief is the bedrock. But Easter is something so much bigger because Easter isn't a belief. Easter is an event. Right? Easter takes us from belief to an event. Think about it. The, the, new half, the second half of the Bible, the New Testament, the part that talks about Jesus would not have been written if Easter didn't happen. And we don't believe that Easter happens just because Matthew says so and Mark says so and Luke says so and John says so. We believe it so much better. God gives us something beyond a belief that we can anchor so much of our lives to, and that is the Easter event. The Easter event. It's the birthday of the church. It's the birth certificate of the church that says that we are gathered here for a reason. It's not belief. It's not philosophy. It's not a book. It's a tomb that is empty because Jesus is alive. And that's good news for us. There's a guy named Luke who was bankrolled by by a rich man named Theophilus who was sent out to figure out everything there was to figure out about Jesus. And so he went and he collected eyewitness reports. And so he tells us the story that, that shapes a lot of who we understand Jesus to be. It starts with Easter. For some of you, that, or it starts with Christmas. My, that might have been the last time you were here. And that's when Jesus entered the world because God had a plan to save humans, to save us. And so Jesus moves into the world. And Jesus grows and Jesus begins to minister. And the thing that was significant about Jesus' ministry is Jesus told people uh, the way that God loved them. He demonstrated this. He showed the power of God. And all these things that Jesus did were a sign pointing to God's love for people and, and, and God's endorsement of who Jesus is. That he's not just a messenger. He's not just a prophet. He is God with skin on. And so after a while, Jesus ran, or ran, ran around or ran into opposition with the religious leaders of his day. The people who, they were the ones who said, this is how life is supposed to be. This is how church is supposed to be. This is how religion is supposed to be. And Jesus made all those things stand on their heads. And so eventually they got together and they made a plan that they were going to arrest Jesus. They were going to try him falsely and they were going to execute him. That was Good Friday where Jesus died. And for all of Jesus' followers, at that moment, like it would have been for us, everything was over. All right, so tomorrow is the college basketball championship game. This is March Madness. This is the bracket thing. For those of you who your team is still alive, there's a reason to watch. My team lost last week, so I don't care who wins. I'm not winning anyway. And for so much of Jesus' followers, that was their moment. It's their idea of who God was and how God was relating to people. And this, this new thing that God was doing through the person of Jesus lost on Good Friday. And so they went back to life as normal. They went back to life the way that they understood it. They went back to their lives before because based on everything they understood up till Easter morning, 
It was a good three years. It was a good first few games. But our team's lost, and maybe we'll have better luck next time. So Jesus is buried. It, uh, he's buried at sundown, and at that point, his followers couldn't go to the tomb because of some of the rules that they had. And so they waited until Sunday morning. And on Sunday morning in Luke 24, it says this. And these are some of the eyewitness accounts that Luke put together. He says, very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. Why? Because they expected Jesus to be dead. There was no reason to do anything else. There was no group outside of the tomb counting down 10, 9, 8. No one's selling popcorn. Nobody's got a shirt. I was there when he walked out. Like None of that is happening because the Romans never halfway killed anybody. They were experts in execution. There was no, he was crucified and then. It's just like, you're dead, done, gone. And so they show up expecting that that's going to be how it is again. They found that the stone that had blocked the entrance to the tomb had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified, and they bowed with their faces to the ground. And the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. This is the event that changed everything. That at this point, everything that Jesus said and where the rest of the world, people who don't know Jesus as Savior, which could be some of you, believe Jesus as a good teacher. He was a good person. He showed love to people. He lived in a way that our day today, we would still hold up because he shows love to people that nobody else loves. He gives health care out to everyone who needs help. He challenges all authority and calls all people to love God better. Like these are still good things today. But at this moment, everything changed. He went from a good, pe- good person, good teacher, to a good savior because the tomb was empty. What that means for us is everything changed. For the first people who were writing this, for Matthew, the verse that, that Pastor Aaron wrote, he was a guy who walked around with Jesus. And the reason that Jesus caught his heart was because Matthew was a traitor to his own people. And the only one of his own people to show him love was Jesus. And so Matthew follows Jesus. Matthew sees Jesus die. Matthew is hearing the stories of the empty tomb a few days later, and it changes everything about Matthew's life. Mark is a guy who, who did life with a man named Peter. And Peter was there when Jesus, rocked from the, when, he, when Jesus walked out of his own grave. Peter was there at the empty grave wondering what is going on. Jesus is alive. I don't understand what's happening. Luke, bankrolled by a rich man named Theophilus to find everything out about Jesus. These guys' lives were changed because Jesus rose from the dead. John, same idea. Another person who who walked around with Jesus, who saw him love people, who saw him die and then rose from the dead. John was changed. And then James, one of the other books in the New Testament, he's Jesus' brother. This is the point where we all have to be honest about this. If you say that your brother is God... He must have done something amazing, right? Think about who your siblings are. Are they God? No. What would they have to do for you to say, this person that I grew up with, who is always the good kid, like what would they have to do to be God? They'd have to do something like rise from the dead. 
And that happened. And that changed lives then. And it continues to change lives now. The best thing about Easter is it ties our faith in Jesus. It ties our hope in the fact that God saves sinners. And that impacts us still. Not to a book, not to a belief, not to a philosophy, but to an event. An event where the tomb was empty and a guy who was killed, God raised from the dead. So Easter is an event an event on which we base our faith. And the reason that the event was so important was that Easter takes us from under wrath to under grace. That's the good news. Easter and and Jesus raising from the dead, it was significant because it's a significant life of Jesus. It gives significance to everything that he said. At one point, Jesus says that he didn't come into the world to be served like we would expect royalty and political leaders to be served. He said, I came into the world to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Who needs to be ransomed? Captives need to be ransomed. We need to be ransomed. Because of the holiness of God, you and I, by living our lives the way that we think is best, are always going to sin. We are always going to run away from God by every decision that we make. And what that does is it sets us up as enemies of God. Because we're not living the way that God created us to live. We're not treating God the way that he should be treated. We're not treating ourselves, sons and daughters of God, who he loves the way that God wants. We're not treating other people, God's children, the way that God wants us to. So the natural response of a loving God is to be filled with wrath toward people who are mistreating his kids. Like, I'm a pretty easygoing person. If you're going to leave here and do something rude on the roadway and flip somebody off and do something bad like that, that's on you, okay? You do that to my kids, and we're having a meeting fast. And there's a hammer back there, and it's not big, but it's bigger than this, and I'm bringing that because it's my kids. When we sin, we're hurting God's kids. We're hurting God's creation. We're dishonoring God. And so the ransom that Jesus paid is is making us right with God. It's not like God got backed into this. God looks at you and me, every single one of us, regardless of what state you walked in here in this morning, with love. That's the message of Easter. That's the motivation of Easter is that God sees you and me and his heart is filled up with love. It's love that sees that wrath as something that needs to be dealt with. And so God sends Jesus into the world. God puts on human skin to live as Jesus, to live the life that we should have lived, to live the life that we could never live, but to live a life to bring us to himself. A couple weeks after Jesus was died, Jesus was killed and then rose from the dead, one of his followers, he says this, the media team is gonna put this on the screen. He says, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, two big words here, to be both Lord and Messiah. Lord, what's what's with that? Peter, the guy who's saying that, he's saying that God has all authority and he's put all that authority in the person of Jesus. And Messiah, what does that mean? That's that this is God's anointed one sent into the world to make things right between God and his people. And the way that Jesus made things right between God and his people was not by bending the rules. It's not like after the cross, God looks at you and me and says, you know what, sin, that's just not that big of a deal anymore. We're over that. It's 2021. We're not going to talk about sin anymore. The way that God does this, the way that Jesus does this as God's anointed savior is he saves his people from their sins because he steps into their place. 
He's a substitutionary savior where Jesus takes our sins on his back so that God no longer looks at Jesus and sees Jesus as a perfect life. He no longer looks at Jesus and sees him as his son. He sees Jesus as sin, that he who never sinned became sin so we could become the righteousness of God. It's a trade that happens where Jesus takes all of our sin, all of our addiction, all of our selfishness, all of our betrayal, everything that we've ever done wrong and ever will do, and he knows it, he takes that on himself. And he trades with us Jesus' perfect life. And this isn't something where you can only have one and not the other. It's grace. It's the unlimited grace of God that covers our sin and makes us right in God's sight. We live believing in the significance of this event because it gives us unmerited favor, undeserved favor. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, he, he gave us a great example of what this is going to look like. He's got two criminals up there with him. They are paying for what they've done. Jesus is paying for what we've done. And it says this, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah. Are you prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it? But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Like I look at that story and the thing that gets me is there is nothing that this man could do to earn his salvation. There is nothing. All he did was believe in the fact that that death on the cross was going to mean something for him. That Jesus is going into a kingdom at this point very, very soon afterwards. And if there's, there's something significant about that. I thought about this. This guy's hanging on a cross. He is nailed to the cross. He can't get off and fix his life. He can't walk off the cross and make things better at home. He can't walk down from the cross and be a better husband. He can't go home that day, find his kids, and be a better dad. He's hanging there naked. He can't even be more modest. Like, there's nothing to be had. For those of you who grew up in church, like, there's no sawdust trail to walk down. His hands are stuck. He can't even raise his hand to say he wants to meet Jesus. This guy can do nothing. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. The message of religion is if you do enough things, eventually God will love you. The message of Mormonism is after you've done everything you can do, God is going to love you. The message of the man dying on the cross next to Jesus who could do nothing. Jesus says, because I'm bringing a kingdom of grace, because I'm the substitute savior, because it's not about what you can do, but what I've done today, you're going to be with me in paradise. And Easter is significant because it's an event. It's God walking out of the grave into new life. And it's God moving us from wrath, which we deserved, into grace, which he bought for us. It's a day of forgiveness. It's a day of Jesus dying so we could live. It's a day of us bringing our sin and Jesus exchanging it for life. And so Easter takes us from captivity to guilt to freedom through forgiveness. And this grace gift changed everything for Jesus, for Jesus' followers. For people like us who are gathered in places across the centuries to celebrate the fact that Jesus isn't dead, that he's alive. Because it symbolizes that there's new life. 
There's a guy who wrote a couple decades after Jesus, and uh, there's one point where he talks about people dying, and instead of saying people dying, he says they fell asleep. The reason was because now there's an expectation that you can be dead and then come back to life because Jesus did it. And he says that doesn't just happen in our lives physically, it also happens in our lives spiritually. That the kingdom of God really is close to all. That all it takes is repentance, all it takes is asking Jesus to come into our lives. Why? Because it's a day of forgiveness. The thief on the cross who could do nothing experienced the forgiveness of Jesus, graciously poured out, better than we deserve, scandalously applied to everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and says, okay, God, I've messed up. I've ruined my life and I'm asking you to come in. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. That's what it is to become a Christian is we're putting our life, we're putting our faith in the fact that God saves sinners and Jesus is not done with that yet and he's not done with you. It's a day of forgiveness. It's a day of hope. It's a day of new life. As Jesus walked out of the grave, he's walking us out too. And when that hits home in our life, Jesus then uses us to continue the work that he started, but to do it through other people, to do it through us. We don't have to look like Jesus. None of us are Middle Eastern Jews as far as I know. But instead we get to transmit the goodness of Jesus because of what he's done in us. Media team is gonna put a logo up on the screen that uh, a lot of us have seen before. What's that mean? Bluetooth, right? The thing I love about Bluetooth speakers is because they look nothing like the source, but it's the same message. I go running uh, and I listen to church, so I combine all the things that everybody hates and I just make them in one thing, exercise and church. Uh, <laughs> and my little earbuds look nothing like my phone, but it's the same message. I turn off my earbuds and it's gonna come through my phone the same way that it comes through my earbuds. And I get home and I wanna connect my phone to, to something that plays the music better and there's like a subwoofer and there's bass and stuff. So you connect it to that. Once again, it looks nothing like my phone, but it's the same message move into a different room and you know there's another one it looks different and so you plug it into that and you can move the speaker around and stuff looks nothing like my phone but it's playing the same message for those of us who call ourselves Christians Easter goes viral Easter takes effect in our life and we begin to invite people and begin to surrender ourselves to the life that Jesus has for us Easter is a day of forgiveness and so where we're going to end today is with the dangerous prayer is Jesus, he's hanging on the cross. He's being mistreated, he's being abused, he's been betrayed, he's been lied about. All these things that we've experienced. And instead of vengeance, instead of what Jesus could do, he says this, and the media team's gonna put it up on the screen. He says this in, uh, in Luke 23, 34. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. It's good news from Jesus. Once again, it's forgiveness. It's forgiveness that flows through us. It's forgiveness that takes the message of Jesus that you and I, as we come to God, we've been forgiven. And now what Jesus says is okay. It's not just gonna stop with you. His work is done. It's not like we do this to earn God's love. We do this to demonstrate the fact that we've experienced God's love. And we live in forgiveness. Every single person who was there that day had a need for forgiveness, except for Jesus. And so what he does is he models to us the importance of forgiveness. 
Like I said a few minutes ago, what he doesn't do is he doesn't take what's happened to him and takes the wrongs that have been done to him and say, you know what, it's okay. And for us to live in forgiveness, that's not us making that what has happened to us okay. What we're doing is we're acknowledging the fact that Jesus paid for our sins and Jesus paid for the sins of those who have sinned against us. And that's where we're gonna end today. This is how Easter stays something that's just not on a page. This is how Easter goes beyond just a banner on the street and a reason for us to show up at church today. Is because it's gonna be something that makes our, make it, itself at home in our hearts and then flows through us. That we get to be the Bluetooth speakers. We're not Jesus. We're not gonna live like Jesus. We're gonna sin. We're gonna incur the wrath of God, but we're men and women who have experienced God's grace. We're men and women who have undeserved privilege because of what Jesus has done for us, because of who Jesus is as our Savior who calls us into new life. And so we're gonna broadcast the same message because we're connected to God, our Father. And that's gonna be forgiveness today. In a room this size, we could compile a book of wrongs that have been done against us. And we we can compile a book of wrongs that we have done against God. And God's challenge for us, our dangerous prayer today, is for us to be men and women who live and walk and extend forgiveness to others as God has extended it to us. Jesus' resurrection brought freedom for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord for all time. It's not a 2021 thing. It's not a Christian thing. It's an offer for everyone who who wants to believe in Jesus to experience the forgiveness of God. And from every walk of life, everyone who says, yeah, I I realize I'm messed up. I realize that Jesus is my only savior. That they step into a relationship with God. That this is available only through Jesus. And then our encouragement is, our, our command from God, our dangerous prayer today is to go and live that out. To go and live as men and women who have experienced the forgiveness of God. Let's stand and we're gonna pray.